Hi, and welcome to the podcast today. Just a little bit before 3 o'clock with the on-air show ready to hit. We're up. Remember, mixtape tour tickets on the air all this week. Just after 5 o'clock on Q105. New Kids on the Block, Rick Ashley, and Vogue and salt and Peppa. Um, just because you listen to the podcast doesn't mean that you should skip out on the radio show. Um, if pop music on Q is not your thing, I completely understand, though. Um, I'm glad you're here. Two guests to get to. Laura Kullenbeck from uh, Courageous Community Services is back for the second or third time to offer you an opportunity that is very hard to come by. The Canali Treehouse um, Village at Oak Openings, you probably have not visited. You've heard about it, and then you realize that it's a long way to actually get in there. Laura has a raffle um, where you can get in there as early as December. We'll get to Laura shortly and also back on for the second time, Chris Boris, the ghost behaviorist. We talked to him in the summertime. There was an article in The Blade how I mentioned he broke up with the Collingwood Art Center as the most haunted place in the area because of what he encountered on video um, at the Oliver House. He's got an event coming up the night before Halloween. So Chris is back on to talk about what to preview that a little bit. But first, John Legend is coming to town. It's like, uh, so Blake Shelton did Bash at the Bay, right? We had Gwen here. John Legend is coming. Everybody from The Voice. Ariana Grande is on there now, right? I don't watch The Voice. Never been into singing shows. I think it's incredible that John Legend is coming here, though. Um, You can't attend. It's very unlikely that you're in the people who will be invited to attend. And I love this. It's um, it, It's not open to the public. It, uh, he will be performing at one of the galleries at, I'm just pulling up the article here. My apologies for stuttering and stammering as I usually do. John Legend is going to be here at 8 o'clock on October 22nd. He will perform at the uh, Toledo Museum of Art's Great Gallery. But again, it's very unlikely you'll be a part of this. Jason, you might be. Um, Free tickets are going to be distributed to the children and families through TMA's outreach initiatives with community anchors at the Art Tatum Zone, the Frederick Douglass Community Association, and the Mott Branch of the Toledo-Lucas County Public Library uh, in the nearby Junction neighborhood. Attendees will fully surround the stage. Uh, participants will also engage in art-making activities related to the set list and will have the opportunity to interact with Legend. He'll perform in the Baroque Painting Gallery, pairing songs with his catalog with works of art from the museum's collection. Also, a small represent- representation of ProMedica's frontline healthcare workers will be invited as well. Um, I believe this is to shine light on those places and these places that the art museum has focused on to help in our community. The Junction neighborhood, I know, has been a hot spot of local leaders um, and civic-minded types who want to build that place up and make it a better place to live. And if I'm misspeaking on that, I apologize. Uh, But the Frederick Douglass Center is also an important part of our community and arguably one of the bedrocks the benchmarks that can help us make sure kids in certain communities don't wind up as statistics or parts of homicides or gun violence or gangs in the future. Um, And I'm glad to see that the museum is offering this opportunity with John Legend. Um, an opportunity to get into Oak Openings in the Canale Treehouse Village. Now here's Laura Cullenbeck. Is that better? This is, this is better, yeah. Um, All right. You can't tell me you're not a techie if you have a gaming headset. It's my son's gaming headset. It's the same one I <laughs> used before. 
then you just plug it into the computer. However, I know what I'm asking for for Christmas. Maybe some AirPods, right? Um, yeah. Well, you know, I, I the, every now and then they have deals on those things, and they'll shave off like I don't know. Apple stuff doesn't ever go on sale much, but every now and then I'll see deals for them, and they're like 120 bucks. Um, but all right. Well, there you go. If I see it, I'll I'll send it your way, or maybe if some deal pops up for AirPods, you're my go-to for it. Awesome. That sounds good. Awesome. Well, it's good to talk to you again. I was delighted to uh, to get your email. Um, and I still have never met a single person who's been to the Oak Openings Treehouse. I know they're going. I know they've uh, they've been rented out for, for months and months and months. So I'm always happy to help you offer this opportunity to uh, to anybody who can help out Camp Courageous. Yes, I really appreciate it. And they are booked. Yep, the weekends are definitely booked up. I have been there myself personally, and it is amazing. It's a great experience. It's glamping. It's not camping. It's glamping, yes. And, yeah, the village itself is really beautiful. It's lit up at night, and they've got a fire pit right there to sit around with family or friends. It's really nice. They've got all the conveniences that you need. It's next-level glamping because... I, I know people who glamp and their glamping doesn't match up to Oak Openings Treehouse glamping. True. That is very <laughs> true. Yes, because I have camped in a tent and an RV and yeah, the treehouse doesn't compare to those two things. Exactly. You have, like I said, all the conveniences you need. There's the refrigerator, there's a grill, there's the restroom right there. It's accessible, which is great. So if an individual utilizes a wheelchair, they'll be able to, you know, roll on up and utilize the facility because it's ADA accessible. Um, it's a great thing. And I hope, I'm sure you, how many times have you done that? Is this the second raffle or the third raffle? Oh, shoot. We've done, it's four a year. Okay. So as a result of our partnership with the Metro Park Salido, they gave us an opportunity to rent out four weekend stays. Got so it. this is the last one for this year. Okay. Um, yeah, it seems like these happen a lot, but I know that these are these are at such a premium, but I'm, I'm glad the Metro Parks has, has been so uh, thoughtful to help you guys out with this to raise money. Let's, let's talk about Camp Courageous for anybody that doesn't know what it is. What's Camp Courageous? Yeah, so the, the new name is Courageous Acres, but it's... Throughout the community, it has been known as Camp Courageous since 1965 when a group of parents came together and they built the camp for their children that had disabilities who were excluded from other camp opportunities in our area throughout Ohio and Michigan. So I had a camper attend this summer. We ran a successful summer program, which I can talk about, and they've been coming for 52 years which is amazing. It was her 52nd year coming to camp. That's awesome. Yes. Um, what is summer camp like? I know that that's kind of like the, the benchmark of, of what you do there. Um, and why is it so important? And what's it mean to, to anybody that can visit it over the summertime? Yeah, so it's so much important now more than ever because we know that with COVID and quarantine, we serve a population that was very protected from that because they're so vulnerable, individuals with disabilities. And so they did not have opportunities to interact a lot with family, with friends. And so coming to camp this summer gave them an opportunity to do that. I mean, we're seeing anxiety and depression increase. The levels are increasing 
mental health is another area of concern because it's, you know, the, the agencies here locally are overwhelmed. Yeah. Uh, so it gives opportunity for people to come together, have fun, relax, play games if they choose to, whether that's uh, baseball, soccer, volleyball. And we had water activities because the biggest challenge I face now is getting our pool back up and running. So I think what a lot of people don't realize is that when they're purchasing a ticket, they're not just purchasing it to win the treehouse raffle. All the money is going directly towards supporting the camp program, which is so important to all the people that attended this summer. And we've already had people expressing interest for next summer. Good, good. How, how many attendees do you usually have for, for camp? So even in spite of COVID, we served over 150 campers this past season. And we're looking at potentially um, not quite doubling that, but definitely increasing the enrollment. The biggest challenge, of course, this past summer was getting the employees that I needed to have a successful program. Sure. And again, that's like any you know, business in our area. That's a struggle for everyone. But I had an amazing group of counselors that worked double shifts throughout the summer to make it happen. And we did cap the enrollment at one point to make sure that we were providing a one to three ratio, um, sometimes one to two, depending on the needs of the campers. But I never wanted to extend past that. So we capped enrollment and I worked with the counselors that showed up for me every day. Awesome. Let, uh, let me dive into that for, for a moment. Um, I, I Maybe it's just where I lurk and what I read and see, but um, the Ability Center is, is whoever's their marketing director now is doing an incredible job. So I think people, the average lay person in the area is starting to understand why helping people or being ADA compliant and, and making and being welcoming to people with disabilities is so important. Um, they're just like we are in, in many ways. Um, if someone wanted to be a, a counselor and, and help you out in that regard, um, now that this is more top of mind for people because of the Ability Center and places like you guys and I know Sunshine Communities, how could somebody get involved? Like, what's the type of person you're looking for? So we're look, I'm looking for the type of person who is dedicated, who is, um, can you know, switch up and be flexible at the same time, who uh, is energetic, caring, empathetic. All of those are qualities that I look for in a summer camp counselor. And I had a core group of about five counselors that started with me and they saw it through all the way to the end of summer because in many cases they realized it's not just a job. They were having so much fun with the campers and enjoying what they're doing. So that's the reason that I had uh, some of them working 150 hours for every two weeks including, of course, the overnight shifts. But yeah, they, they had fun. They enjoyed themselves. So it didn't seem like work. So there's no like prior obligations or experience that you need to have because I checked most of those boxes that you just mentioned except for energetic. I'm energetic. I'm very, I always want to take a nap. <laughs> um, but I was expecting that you might yeah, have so to have some kind of be, experience. Um, at this point, 18 and older. Okay. And we provide all of the training. So great. All of our campers go through training according to the Department of Developmental Disabilities, and they have to become certified on um, aspects of training. We do lift training so that they know how to help an individual who needs to utilize a wheelchair but has care needs. 
and uh, first aid training. So we provide all of that when they get started. Um, it's just that they're 18 and over and they have a background check done, of course. And then we provide the training needed and, you know, the plans for camp. And then we we go. It sounds like a, a great maybe uh, foot in the door of maybe going down a career path of wanting to be a part of the disability community. And I never, I, please, if I misspeak, please correct me because obviously my intent is not to offend anybody. And I know everybody thinks a little bit differently about different words and whatnot. Um, but it sounds like it's a great opportunity if you're a, a college student or you're working towards maybe working at the Ability Center one day or working with you. This sounds like a great way, especially to, to work and have a lot of fun as well and, and get involved with maybe a first step in your career. Yeah, so you hit it actually right in the head because I also think it's so important for this generation because and they're not quite like my generation where you were talking, you know, you get a job and you grind it out. This generation, I think, is much more about finding the job that suits them, fits them best. Fortunately, I was able to do that. Um, but yes, I do have a daughter and two other counselors that actually went on to become direct service providers because they loved the work so much and feel like they're making a difference. And then I had another counselor that went on to become a special ed teacher and I was able to provide her a reference there. So that's four people right there that went on to stay in the field and provide services to individuals with disabilities. Yeah, just a tad more purposeful, I would say, than perhaps working at a retail or restaurant. Not that there's anything wrong with those jobs, but you potentially offer someone purpose and a career and a a lifetime towards helping people and being part of something. Yeah, it's exciting. Yes, for sure. And I'm glad that we were able to do that because there's such a big need for direct service providers whether it's Sunshine, Ann Grady, Bittersweet Farm, they need people um, helping. Um, what about campers? How can uh, parents or kids, teens, whoever, uh, how can they potentially get involved for next summer's camp? Yep, so I am working on the summer camp schedule. All I'm waiting for is final board approval, and it'll be on our website at ccsohio.org, and they'll be able to register Probably within the next month, I'm going to get that posted as well as the uh, jobs, you know, for the counselors, activities coordinator, nurses that I need to hire. And it'll be on our website at ccsohio.org. As far as volunteers, we're always looking for volunteers, including camp cleanup, which happens in May. What does that entail? A lot. (laughs) (laughs) So... We had actually this past year was probably the most challenging because camp had been closed for two years prior. So I had two years worth of leaves. Uh, Boy Scouts were out there helping me out, any number of my board members, individuals from the community, and just um, getting the cabins cleaned up and ready to go, the dining hall. Uh, the grounds actually are probably the, the most work just because it's, it's out there in the Oak Openings region. So you have leaves that are falling now. And they all need to be raked up before we get started into the summer camp session. Uh, well, count me in as a volunteer. Bug me in like March or April and you can uh, you can use me and I, I, I'll gather up some friends and we'll come out and we'll do what we can. Oh, thanks. That would be great. I really appreciate it. Of course, of course. Um, so let's uh, let's circle back here. So now that people know a little bit about um, what's going on with Courageous Communities, and to, it's great to have you on again to offer the opportunity to, to buy a raffle ticket. And we know what that's for now. So Oak Openings, you talked a little bit about it. This is such a great opportunity. How can people grab some raffle tickets from you? 
Yep, so they can go right to our website at ccsohio.org, and we also have it posted on our Facebook page at Courageous Community Services. And the winner will be drawn on November 1st. There's also a basket that goes with this, which is cozy blanket, some mugs, hot chocolate that they can enjoy when they stay in the hub treehouse located in the Canale Treehouse Village on December 10th and 11th. Excellent. So one ticket is $25, and they can get six tickets, which is the best deal, for $100. Awesome. Yeah, it's a really good deal. Um, and that's good to know. It sounds like that that winning weekend is locked in for just a couple of months from now, as opposed to, well, you won, but in 18 months you can actually stay in it. Oh, no. Yep, it's locked in. So November 1st it's drawn, and then they say December 10th and 11th. And like I said, it goes to help support our programming and we had some great programs this past summer, which I hope to continue with uh, our campers did yoga, pop it, paint it. They painted canvases. Nature's Nursery was involved with their educational programming. Be Instrumental was involved with music. And, of course, Metro Parks Toledo came out and did educational programming as well. So it was a lot of fun having all those activities planned. And I hope to continue to do that this coming summer. Yeah, they all sound like great things. I've and I, I I think I'm pretty well connected. You're the first person to ever mention to me though, be instrumental. And uh, you, I'm guessing you know Jeff Green, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I met Jeff because we're uh, we're tribes people. We're both Jewish, and so I ran into Jeff at several events, and then I got to know a little and then a lot about Be Instrumental, and it's it's an incredible program, and I wish they uh, wish they were out in more places because it's such a cool thing. So I'm glad to hear that they were a part of uh, of camp last summer. Absolutely, the campers loved it. I've got pictures out on our Facebook page of some of the activities we did with Be Instrumental. And we just had a meeting the other day. I'm looking forward to continued collaboration with them because I think it is definitely a great organization. Yeah. Um, do, do, do Is there any well animal activities outside of like nature's nursery? Like, can I hook you up with any of my dog places or anything like that? Oh, yeah, definitely. I would welcome that opportunity. I know that, you know, counselors had talked about bringing their dogs to camp and I'm all about the animals, but I want to do it in a way that it's, an organization that that's what they specialize in maybe. So if you know of one, that would be awesome. Cause I would love to have that happen out at camp. I do. I do. Uh, you, nobody's ever, uh, maybe connected. Are you, are you like enemy? You're not enemies with the ability center. Are you? It's not, it's just a friendly competition. Oh, with the ability center. Yeah. Oh no. Right. I have a great relationship with the ability center. One of my board members is actually an employee of the ability center. And we have a, I just got off the phone with somebody say about the TARDA. Um, you know, TARDIS on the on the ballot, yep. and we're all hoping that that gets passed because that definitely has implications for us too. So, no, I have a great working relationship with the Ability Center. How about some of the animals out there um, that they that they use to help out people that come to them? Possibly, I'll actually talk to my board member about that because I'm not sure if they like do visits with right. the animals, but I will ask on to see if that is the case because yeah, absolutely. I'd love to have them out. Uh, and I, and I get your point, your question um, about, are they able to do that? And I know the ability center is very careful about who and how their dogs interact with people, but considering the communities are connected, it would make total sense. 
Yes, absolutely. So, it definitely would. Yeah, we have a great relationship. I'll the run, Ability Center is phenomenal. I'll run it by some of my uh, some of my dog place friends, and because obviously I, you don't want to upset anybody. To your point of like people bringing their personal animals, but um, I'll talk to some of my people because because I know several schools during the school year now have uh, therapy dogs because anybody that has a pet or well a dog or a cat knows you can pet that animal and it makes you feel a little bit better. We've all felt a little down over the last year and a half or so. Oh, definitely. And that's why camp is so important, too, because I work with, you know, a population that's very vulnerable to COVID. Mm -hmm. So they were very protected for that reason. But even in our youth, I mean, the the incidences of depression and anxiety have increased dramatically. And so for people to come together with friends and just have fun and relax, play games, uh, I think it definitely has an impact on anyone that came to camp this summer. I mean, I had a camper show up and couldn't stop smiling and laughing. And then before the last day, they're in tears because they don't want to leave. So that goes to show you some of the impact. Absolutely. Um, In in a way, it's some kind of like mental health intervention because personally, I'm going through this right now, trying to lock in a new therapist. But people who have asked me for mental health resources, I'm like, here you go. It might be a long way to get to somebody. And that's been the case all over. And uh, sometimes we forget that just doing things that we enjoy for for a small period of time can can get us through those tough times. And I totally understand what you're saying about why camp was so important to um, to the kids and everyone involved because a couple of weeks uh, away from normal activities is such a relief, and maybe that can that can restart you and get you on a better path, so you don't have to go track down some kind of therapist. Yes, absolutely, and I completely understand in terms of trying to find a therapist. To provide services because I I was doing that for a family member who was in crisis and it's it's really a huge challenge within our community and also just nationwide. Yeah, it, it's tough. Yeah, it's uh it's pretty awful. I you know we just hit that seven hundred thousand number, but there is probably not a person on the planet unless there it's like that that tribe that lives in the middle of the Indian Ocean. Everyone has been affected by this, and and it hasn't done any good for anybody's mental health. And people who ignored it before or, or scoffed at it before, many are not doing that anymore because we've all been affected, and it's mostly been in negative ways, unfortunately. Right. I agree. Yep, I agree wholeheartedly. Awesome. Well, thanks for the chat. Always good to have you on to talk about everything with Courageous, and especially the, the great opportunity you offer for people to go to the treehouse because... We'll be living like the Jetsons in place in apartments in the clouds before you can actually like dial them up or go on their website and rent one and get into it anytime soon. That's true. Like I said, they definitely are booked up for the weekends. That's for sure. So I appreciate all the support. They can get the ticket at ccsohio.org for a weekend stay on December 10th and 11th. And it's one for $25 and six for five or six for 100 So I always appreciate your support and I'll be looking for you to volunteer in May. That would be great. Absolutely. Count me in. Next up, uh, our ghost behaviorist. Some more time here with Chris Boris. Good to chat with you. I saw your event. I was glad that you reached out because I uh, wanted to mention it on the air uh, a couple of times. This is uh, this seems like a really big deal. You get to invite everybody else into into your, uh, what should we call it? Your ghost cauldron at Mommy Bay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a fun time. We're doing a, a, a dinner and a presentation 
And it's the first time I've ever done anything like this, so I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, so well, obviously the ghost tours are a whole lot of fun. We talked, uh, I don't know, the, the summer was a weird time. I, I just can't keep track of time. We talked over the summer, I think, about how uh, the article in The Blade, and you were talking about how wildly haunted uh, the Oliver House is, how you, I, I brought up how you kind of broke up with Collingwood Art Center, but with good reason because of some great um, video that you captured. So now we're over at the Oliver House and Mummy Bay Brewery. How will this be so much different from uh, a ghost tour? Yeah, so this is going to be very interesting. Uh, so this is going to be in three different parts. Uh, the first part, of course, you're going to, you're going to be getting dinner, uh, they have great food, great catering uh, service over there. And so the first part, I'm going to be talking about who I am uh, as a ghost behaviorist, why I call myself a ghost behaviorist, and why it's different from a ghost hunter, because there is a, a significant difference between the two. So I'll, I'll be getting into that, my research, you know, some of the accolades that I've, that I've had in the past you know, couple of years, and uh, the different spirits. Uh, the classification system that I use and is very critical for this work that I do. Then in the second half, I'm going to get into the different spirits that are in Oliver House. And this is going to be a nice presentation where I have video. I'm going to show you all kinds of neat things, including the manifestation that I caught on command while talking to a spirit. And this was some groundbreaking footage that I've gotten. I've never seen anything like this before because we got a or I should say I got this hand materializing uh, or it looks like a, uh, this light in the shape of a hand, which I can't explain uh, any more than, than that. You have to see it for yourself, but it's amazing. And I'm going to be talking about that decoding, what that means and breaking down why this thing appeared uh, the way it did. And then the last half of this presentation is, uh, you know, after the dinner is all done, I'm going to spend like 10, 15 minutes trying to interact with some of the spirits there, and we'll have like a mini ghost hunt because I find that spirits are more likely to interact with you if you're talking about them first, and then they're and you see that or they see that you are very receptive to them talking to you. So it's going to be a fun night. I'm I'm pumped. You, uh, I just looked. I wanted to make sure I get the name right. You're gonna, you're kind of gonna be like Vincent Price for an evening. <laughs> yeah, there you go, Vincent Price. Um, yeah, they do have great food at Mommy Bay uh, Brewery and that whole building. Like, if you have never, if you always wanted to run into a ghost and you're a believer in all that stuff, and you're 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 disappointed, maybe you've gone on ghost hunts before, and you're like, shucks, I can't find. Go to this, please, because the spirits will come out. Because people that live there are constantly running into things, or things are questionable enough where enough things have happened to go. I might not have seen anything, but I know this place is haunted. It's a great venue and I'm glad that, uh, that you're doing this. It's going to be a great thing, obviously for the time of year and everything, but very cool that you're going to share, um, things that you've experienced there. Do you think anything might, your friend might pop out again? I hope so. Uh, when I was there, I got quite the interaction with them and I think we built enough comfort with the spirits that I think I can, draw them out again and to anyone that's really interested in going to the oliver house um for just to ghost hunt the place you know they haven't let pretty much anyone in there for the last decade so if you really want to get in there and see what's going on this is this is the time to do it because they're very protective of the spirits there and i really had to jump through some hoops and show them that you know what i do is 
is very spiritual, and uh, that that's really the only reason they let me in there. You can either, uh, uh, if you're interested, and I, I hope you are, uh, look for An Evening with Ghost Behaviorist Chris Boris on Facebook. All the information is there, and you can either take advantage of that night, or you can pay $1,000 a month in rent if an, an opening ever happens at the Oliver House <laughs> to see some ghosts. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, if you're interested, actually, if you want to just call the Oliver House themselves because um, that you can't buy tickets online, uh, just you know, go go straight to the horse's mouth there. Good to know. Good to know. What else have you been up to since the last time we've chatted? Anything you can share? Oh, my gosh, so much. Um, I, I've been commissioned to write a uh, the book on Haunted Toledo. Awesome. So I've, I've been getting stories, and you wouldn't believe some of the places I'm finding out that are haunted and and people have experiences with. I'm just floored at some of the stuff I'm finding. So this is going to be a very in-depth tome to pick up. Uh, I hope to have it out by next next Halloween. Awesome. I'm very much looking forward to that. Have you, researching that or doing whatever it takes to write a book, um, have you come across Ted Long? I have not, no. Uh, Ted does the Holy Toledo History blog, and... This is actually a, a a nice little thing to say. He actually knows where the bodies are buried. Like, he, I, I've had him on the pod. <laughs> I've had him on the podcast a couple of times because he's ha- he has a couple of books as well. Like, uh, he got part of the like a hundred things to do in Toledo before you die. I think, and he wrote okay. something else. And Ted is Ted is the Ted is the guy. Um, do you ever drive four seventy five north and south, like Spring Meadows Airport Central that way? Okay. Um, they put up a sign that said Toledo established, um, all part of like the Door Street interchange and stuff. And Ted was the guy that caught that the date was wrong, um, and it wasn't actually established oh. on the date. So, so Ted is on that on the book writing channel or the book writing circuit here, and the Holy Toledo History blog. So, if you have questions or anything, or he might be able to fill in some spots for you, or just check out his blog. You guys might have some interesting conversations to share because he knows his stuff. He uh, he does. There's an app he has, and he does the app guided tours of the Old West End, and also another place that I'm sure is extremely haunted. He does. Um, which is it's creepy in itself that his phone or your phone knows where okay, his app follows the GPS of where you are and he can narrate you through Fort Megs. Um, oh, neat. Kind of haunting in itself, but we live in that kind of world now. But his knowledge of Fort Megs, I'm sure, it ha- has has Fort Megs become uh, been a part of the book that you're working on, if you can say anything about it? Well, that's a gray area because I'm like, well, how far outside of Toledo city limits do I want to go? Because the further I go, the more places I have to include. And it's like, oh, uh, where's that cut off? Because I'm already reaching like 30,000 words. And I'm like, uh, I got to I got to cut this off somewhere. You know, so that follow your path, but talk to Ted because I asked him the same question. I was like, how many did you start with? He's like 140. And I was like, how'd you trim it down? So, and I think he went outside of Toledo. I, I mean, look, if it's a good story, it's a good story. And yeah, look, I, I am doing myself um, a disservice by not having visited visited Gettysburg for the the haunting things that are likely going on there. I'm sure Fort Meigs has much the same. Right. Well, I as of now, Fort Meigs isn't part of this book, but uh, I, I 
even if it isn't, I've got so many more juicy nuggets. Good. Uh, especially where places used to be where cemeteries were moved. And you want to believe the stuff that's been going on in those locations. I would totally believe it. I would totally believe it. I'm super excited to hear about the book. And um, what's the date for the event? It's October 30th. It's October 30th. Uh, right now it's six to eight, roughly. Awesome. Good time with our gross behaviorist, Chris Boris. Um, thanks for the time. I appreciate it. This is going to be a great night and thanks for hopping on. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Chris. Take care. All right. You too.